make sure you like, subscribe, and hit that bell icon. and talk with Freema. And y'all know what today is. It's Hump Day Wednesday. Not only Hump Day Wednesday, but we have a special guest for us today, author and lawyer, Miss Burl Thompson McClary, Miss Florida. And y'all know, oh my God, I, I know I'm overly dramatic, but I love it. I can't wait to talk to her. Let's bring her on. Let's wait no further. Hey, how are you doing today? I am wonderful. How are you? I am fine. I am ecstatic to have you on. And I hate to just dive right in real quick, but with the crown and everything, Miss Florida, mm, tell us a little about yourself. Well, a little bit about yourself is that I wore this crown because of COVID. Now, I got it in February of 2020. COVID came. Didn't do anything. It was in a box along with the sash. So nobody believed me that I was actually Miss Florida. So now that we're out of it, every chance before I have to give it up, we just finished the nationals by virtual. I'm wearing my crown. <laughs> at all, at all. Hey, hey, so that's what that is. So about me, mm-hmm. well, I'm a wife. Thomas McClary, founder of the Commodores. Um, there he found Lionel Richie there in Tuskegee, singing in the line. Now, mind you, he married a younger woman. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have six children. Um, and as I told you before, it's a funny story. I We met and married in less than 90 days. And no, I was not pregnant. Got that. <laughs> was not a shotgun wedding, people. <laughs> I'm a lawyer. I've been a lawyer for I'm I'm almost 40 years. And um almost everything. And um as far as litigation and probate and family and um, criminal defense, which is what I first did because I had a heart for defendants and the defense bar. Right. Um trademark. And um, I'm also the manager of his of his band, Thomas McClary and the Commodore's Experience. I was also one of his attorneys in trademark litigation. And um, I do it all. I mean, I do it all. That's awesome. And I'm glad we crossed paths. I, I want to ask you, you know, how did you and your husband meet? And how did, if you don't mind me being nosy. No, like, no, 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 my side of the story or you want his side of the story? Okay, my side of the story. <laughs> Way back in um, 1991, I had heard about this Commodore who was had come back home and what a nice guy he was. And he was a Christian and on and on. And I had a client who knew him. And I said, I want to meet him. Of course, he wouldn't let me. He kept sending me flowers, somebody I wouldn't, wouldn't dare. You don't date clients or anything. <laughs> well, there was um, a Mother's Day um, function and um, where he was um, having a concert. And I went. 
and he was such a sweet spirit and he treated his mother wonderfully. But there was this girl with this gigantic diamond on her hand, mm. apparently. That was his fiance. So with that, his manager, someone I did not meet, not as attractive at all, came to meet me and talk. So I went and told my sister, I said, oh, that guy, very nice at Thomas McCleary. I said, um, I would love to meet him. I said, but of all people, his manager, who is just, oh, came to ask me out. I said, okay, I guess I'll go out with him. I you hate that. I'm not kidding. So, I, so he baited me with, come on, you're going to go to one of the black plays and meet Thomas McCleary. Well, Thomas, with his bright personality and smile, he was with this, this young lady up here he was engaged to. And all I could see during this dark and this auditorium was this gigantic diamond flashing. But, uh, <laughs> but he kept smiling at me. He kept smiling, had a dazzling smile. And I was very active in the church. I, you know, I used to be a missionary and um, travel around the world. And so I invited him in 1991 to come speak at our youth program. I never heard from him again. And that was okay. I was working. I said, oh, I guess, whatever. Well, he calls me in, in 1993. I'm getting ready to go to the Clinton inauguration. And I wouldn't respond. That was in the days of answering machines. And I was working the weekend. I'm like, who is this on there? This is Thomas McClary. I'm returning your call. I've gotten your letter to, um, to, to speak to your church. I will be glad to, but call me back. I said, he's got a lot of nerve. Of course I didn't. Who do you think he is? So I waited until that Sunday. I was going to fly on that Monday. And I called him and he says, what took you so long? This man took two years to Two years. I waited two days to call. And so I had a speaking engagement. I had only seen him, you know, briefly, you know, and really didn't know him. And I had a speaking engagement in one of the prisons. I used to speak a lot around the state. Um, during um, the holidays, Black History, et cetera, Martin Luther King. And he met me at the prison. I said, ladies and gentlemen, I want to present to you Thomas McClary, the Commodores. And I really don't know him, but I don't know him by his spirit. And um, he was late, but he came in as a usual, bright smile. And he spoke. And um, from that point on, we started talking afterwards. He flew back to California. I flew to wherever I was going. He returned in February. And wanted me to pick him up from the airport. Can you believe that? This is and I was in another town about an hour away. So I sent a friend of mine because I traveled around working. I was a single female. Parents, you know, my parents died in my 20s and except started totally on my own. I'm telling this baby, totally on my own. I'm working, I'm hustling, I'm hustling. My young attorney, I'm hustling. And um, he's disappointed that I sent one of my male, my girlfriend's husband to pick him up. I can't believe it. I mean, he's coming on a weekday. And um, he asked me to marry him. And um, let me see, probably in March. He came back in February and, I, and in March. And he says, you're going to learn to spell um, Mrs. McClary. Wow. When we got married April 10th and had a full-fledged wedding. A full-fledged wow. wedding. I mean, gown down. I mean, people came in, fixed up the church. I mean, fences. I mean, people flying down. It was incredible. And um, we got married. Let me make sure I'm understanding this right. So he came down in February. Y'all, you know, we're hanging out, getting to know each other. And y'all got married like, like right after that. Right after that. Now, I know he was in love because he was trying to persuade me, typical black male, trying to persuade me to have to get married right then. 
mm-hmm. and have a uh, and go to the Fiji Islands. But I had never been married. I got married. At 35. I was thirty five when I got married. Okay. okay. And so um, I had never been married. So I went at a wedding. And um, he had been for a short while, but he put this behind me. Now, I don't know how about his motives. I don't know if <laughs> I was holding back, you know, holding back the presence. Um, but it did encourage. And um, he was in love. And we got married. And um, it was a beautiful wedding. And so, so, it's, it's, so it's still together today. Like amazing. So that goes to say to a lot of people, sometimes time does not even hold a factor in how long a marriage can last. You know, you could be with somebody two, three, four years and still don't really know who they are as a person. So you're right. And at that point, I was more mature. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really believed in the scriptures and I was really looking for the best with that. For many years, several years after, quote unquote, being born again or recommitting, because I'd always known the Lord, I wasn't a compromiser. Now, one thing about me, whatever I believe, I believe, whatever I don't, whatever I'm committed to, I'm a very committed person, my personality. Um, So I really did away with extraneous dating during that 13 year period. I was just me tempting myself because I like men. Right. And so I didn't indulge in that. I, I, I traveled around the world as a missionary. I practiced law. I had a great time and you know, in South America and the different countries there and uh, Russia before the walls fell down and on and on. And so I, I, I used my time wisely serving others as I, I did that, made my life very broad because I enjoyed from Israel to Ecuador and all kinds of experiences. So I had a full life even though I was believing God, which it got long. Mm-hmm. Um, with that, I always prayed for wisdom. And that is, if I met someone, Lord, what's really behind it, other than the challenge that she isn't giving up any. And so guys will come and challenge you because of that. And um, looking behind the motives and not, you know, not jumping at it. I was secure in who I was. Right. Um, it wasn't like I couldn't get married. I was asked to be married from you know several occasions. Thank God I did. Good <laughs> no, I'm not talking about that. I was looking at what the Lord had saved me from. It's a real yokos. You don't know what's on the other side, okay? And um, there's some people I'm like, oh, thank you, oh, thank you, Lord. <laughs> Because you don't know what life holds, right? You're right. You're right. And, but he was so kind. He was so sweet. Um, we <clears throat> got married at a big wedding. I had, um, it was a very happy time, very joyous. And the question would be, are you still happy? Yes, we are. And probably even closer as the children have left and moved on. And moved on college, all that good stuff. They're doing well, and done. And um, interestingly enough, we work together, so that can be tested in itself. Yeah, <laughs> we work together, and uh, but because he's very pleasant, and and we have, as I was telling the kids, they were asking. I said, "Well, although we are very different in personalities, we are agree. We are, we agree on foundations and basic things mm. such as." Um, education, education for the children, um, such as 
um, even though he came from Pentecostal, I was Baptist, we still believed in the fundamentals right. of Christianity, the fundamentals of the Bible. Our fundamentals were the same. We believed in family um, and commitment and forgiveness. So we believed in the fundamentals. Those did not change. Right. And laughter, a lot of laughter. So what I see with a lot of couples, I said, before you get married, you have to determine, do you agree on fundamentals of life, the basics of life? Yeah. You've got to agree on the basics. Do you, how do you see life? Um, you have to see life pretty much so, I don't say the same way, but the lens in which you look through life yes. should be the same, although the spectrum might be broad. But it's, um, so there was no um, contention as to the fundamentals of, of that. Right. I love that. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for sharing that. You know, um, with this, we learn from each other in, in something just, you know, talking about something that that you love your husband, your marriage. You know, someone even myself can learn that, like I said earlier, it, it doesn't have to be the 10 year relationship before you get married or the five year relationship. Once you have those fundamentals, y'all, that foundation, those similar beliefs, it can work. It can work. Got to start with the basics. Definitely. definitely. And you learn to say no. I mean, if you've been with somebody six months or more, he ain't it. When you get to a certain age, you know what it is and what it isn't. I mean, you know it. You you, you know. And, you, and you're using the word but and if and maybe it's time to, you know, get the courage to do what? Keep it moving. Keep it moving. Because there's a lot of uncertainty with those words. That's exactly right. You're already having questions. You're already doubting. Um, there are some things that are already bothering you. And, and in my practice of domestic law for 25 years or 30, there were some fundamentals that I've seen. And the one thing I can tell you, you can't change them and they can't change you. So if you're going to go in and hope that person is going to change, or you're going to help that person change, or that person has great potential, potential, P-O-O-R hyphen potential, that might not that might not be the one for you, okay? And you have to be um, a big girl and a big boy and say, I got to let that go. Right, absolutely. Okay, how pretty it is, how good it smells, you know, how fine he is or how cute she is or whatever it is. If it's that many factors that if, buts, whys, or you feel like you're cringing, mm-hmm. You got to move on. And when you get older, he's wasting your time. Ten years, five years, that's a waste of time. Six months, we 30 years old, man. You you know what you're going to do. You know, you know. That's right. You know. Cut that thing. Cut it short. Keep it going. That's the truth. Okay. Open yourself to others. I mean, okay. Let it go. You are not going to change anybody and they are not going to change you. you. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. I do have a question. So just to back it up a little bit, how did you get started? What inspired you to want to become Miss Florida? What inspired you to even, is it called tryout? Is it like (laughs) the whole world? Scoop me on that. (laughs) Okay. You know, I wrote a book, the next chapter, right? And a lot of that came about because I was doing so much for others, the family. I did it all. I mean, I had six children. I had five children 
in six and a half years. I had my first child at 36. The oldest one is a child I raised of his, but I had five children. First one at 36, my last one at 42. I continued to work. And so my life was very busy and it was very, very different and helping Thomas in his redirection. And I was on a plane and I remember I wasn't quite sure who I was anymore. I was a trial lawyer. Okay. I wasn't doing as much. I, I'm, I'm the mom. Mommy up me. I was the cook. They did have somebody to help clean. And I was just pulled so much and we traveled. And I'm like, um, the writer of the book asked me, well, Miss McClary, what would you like? What would you like to do? I couldn't think of anything. And this is what happens when you get older and, and you're doing so much and serving and taking care of my mom and who died when I was 28. And I had and helped with my sisters who, who also died when they were ill. And I just had done so many things and, and, and worked. So you ask me, what do I want? I, I didn't know. I knew what I wanted for my husband. I could articulate that I wanted him to be able to perform without any hindrances and to make, you know, to get his value, et cetera. But I lost Beryl. Mm. I, I lost me in, in the midst of all those things. So that's why I wrote the book as to how you show up. And every year I do a goals. Um, and I like to see what I've achieved. So we do this. Before I turn it right before 60, I decided to, um, hey, Harold, uh, I decided to put on my list to run a half marathon on marathon. First half marathon at 60 years of age. And that was a goal. Now, how was I motivated? Um, I was motivated by my 16 year old niece. And I'm going to take you and I'm taking you through the transformation I went as I started to rediscover myself, which leads to the pageant, which is doing something else I hadn't done before. That's the bottom line. The first one was preparing for the marathon. For the marathon. With the goal, only two goals, which was to beat my 16-year-old niece <laughs> and not finish last. <laughs> and um, I and then she whipped out on me, <laughs> but I used to run in college and it was my way. It was my therapy, um, my scriptures, my YouTube, my, 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 my mindset changer was during that time. And so that was good. Now we've got another year. My twin, one of the twins, mm -hmm. never heard her in all of my life ever say she wanted to be in a pageant, ever wanted to run for anything, nothing. She gets to Alabama State and decides she wants to run for Miss Freshman. I'm like, girl, please have twins in college, please. <laughs> I have no idea what's necessary, how you know. And but she did a little something and she tried her best, and they took off not on everything. And she's very personable, like her dad. Her name is Mariah. That's my baby girl. Mariah. And um, Last minute, she asked for a gown. I'm like, girl, I'm trying to get tuition. You decide to go to college out of state without letting me know. I mean, what are you talking about? And um, she ran, she lost. And she was so hurt. She was so devastated. So she came home that Christmas and she's, I don't know. She's really animated. And I said, no, you're going to run again. Right. And this time we'll know what to do. They took off because you wore my gown and they said it was the worst gown. I thought it was a pretty emerald gown, girl. I, I, I just brought a gown I had, you know. <laughs> All right, so we lost. 
philosophy. I said, you have to do this for yourself. Right. I'm a firm believer that you have to run to the struggle. I've had many. We all have. Right. You run to it. You stand up to it. So you won't have fear. Oh, I said, no, I'm going to insist that you run again. I think I was what my sophomore. It was coming up in April. Oh, and I said, and I am going to put in X amount of money. I'm going to help them now that we know. But you have to do your part. And she did prove that with the first one. I did not know she knew public relations, shaking hands. She made signs um, by hand. She got donations. I was really surprised all she did. I was very impressed with her um, self-initiative. Right. Very impressed how she matured. Well, they did it again. The other twin came from, she goes to Tennessee State. They didn't want to go to the same school. And they worked at questions and on and on. And anyway, my baby won. Oh, the joy in her heart that she had achieved without giving up. For me, it was more about the lesson of life to be learned. It wasn't about the pageantry, which was very beautiful. But I insisted because of that. You can't give up in spite of it. So fast forward. It's August or something. I'm working at the computer. And I decide, I wonder if there are any pageants for women in their 50s. Okay, <laughs> instead of me completing, you know, some people go through Facebook. I'm going through, I'm looking through. And I saw that there were. Oh, but it cut off at age 59. Oh, oh I'm 61. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to admit I'm 61, okay? So I'm looking up and I saw that there was a senior pageant. And the primary qualification was you had to prove that you were 60 and over. (laughs) Well, they had already chosen Miss Florida. And um, so I left a message. I said, I'm interested. Let me know. And the lady said, we've already, she called me back. So we've already chosen. And um, we'll start at the beginning of the year. They had their pageants in August and then the nationals in Atlantic City in in October, okay. well, I got a call in January because I was the very first one who had left my name <laughs> in 2019. <laughs> and because I was the first one, COVID came. Mm-hmm. I was selected. No one wanted a shorter term. I thought it was fun as I don't know what. <laughs> I agreed to do the nationals. So I'm all excited about doing nationals and talent. And uh, my sister thinks, she's like, what is Beryl going to do next? I said, I don't know. But every year on my bucket list, I got something going on. <laughs> and may it be a, an example to the young women. One, how we carry ourselves, what we look like. Um, the examples that we set for courage, something different. Um, remembering our femininity, even though we are professionals. In my, in my uh, line of work, you can become very, um, very hard, very masculine to remember that you're still a female and no one wants closing arguments in the bedroom. Right. Nobody wants objections. You know, I had a twin. I didn't realize I was bringing it home many, many years ago. And I heard one of the twins to the other twin. I said, get to the point. <laughs> oh my God. What am I doing? What am I doing? You know? Um, and so I, I was looking forward to the talent part. I was looking forward to doing something that was not me, as you can say, because I was going to the next chapter, 
which talks about how do you define you? How do you show up for the world? How do you do something that's just for you, just your neighborhood? And that was part of that journey of the next chapter, which was in my life. Mm-hmm. It was a small thing. It was a different thing. Right. What was I doing just for me? Well, that just was just me. for me. Frivolous as it was, it was that serious. And I had fun. So what did I do for talent? You all would laugh. I did Phenomenal Woman. Okay. Yes, I did. I said it had to be entertaining. It's in 45 minutes. First, I was going to do something more serious. I was going to write because my personality. And I'm like, no, I think I'll do this. And so I um, got this gown, this dress that looks like Beyonce. It's gold and it's really, really tight. And I like to wear it. So I got it. And girl, I became the phenomenal yeah. Oh, yes, sir. it's in the reach of my arm. <laughs> it's in the span of my hips. <laughs> I love it. I love oh, it. Yeah. So it was that phenomenal woman. It's not so long as you that. So that was fun. You recently, Nationals was recently. Um... Yeah, I just submitted it because they had to determine whether or not it was going to be um, virtual. Mm-hmm. Um, and most people were late getting COVID shots and blah, 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 blah. It was virtual. So I just submitted um, what they required, and which was the talent, the walk, and our personal statement. And they had that. And we had to do it, I guess, from, I guess, the 50 states. And that was different, me trying to learn to walk. And then, okay. Say what you all want to. Then I signed up for the pageant or uh, the competition with Miss Corporate America. So, wow. yes, Mrs. So the competition is a little stiffer there. And um, we'll see. That's in September, I think. Okay. All the way. So I got to learn, learn how to walk for real. I, you would laugh in preparation. <laughs> YouTube was all the way. YouTube, all right, foot here, S shape there, hold your stomach in, shoulders back. I'm like, am I doing this right, Thomas? <laughs> the turn squirrel girl. Um, so um, and, and remembering what my daughter had done. So right. um, yeah, I enjoy the the next chapter and the next challenges of our lives. I love it. I love that. And this is just so amazing to me because you know it, it goes back to the beginning. Time doesn't stop anything. Age doesn't stop anything. You can achieve those goals. And actually, you know, I never thought about actually putting a goal out there that, you know, like per year, something huge that I didn't even consider myself ever being able to do or whatever. So I'm definitely going to mimic that. Um, I thank you for sharing that. What I like to do, I used to have groups come over. And it's a day of goals, and we're going to get um, some people do it on um, a computer savvy, and they're going to do it um, to have pictures on their phones or online. Mm-hmm. But I also brought out the old-fashioned way of magazines um, mm-hmm. um, printed out. So I had each person to first write down 100 things that you would like to do, meet, or see. And I don't care how far-fetched it is. You right. You'll probably get about 25, 27 because we limit ourselves, right? Yeah. We limit our thinking. We limit it to what we think we can control or what we can do. Absolutely. And I said, no, it has to be the most outrageous thing in the world. Outrageous. I'm going to sit beside whoever it is and we're going to have, you know, whatever. 
Um, I've got a you know, $50 million house, something um, to cause you to look beyond where you are. Right. And, and then I had a, um, a poster I had, and I actually had Marathon, and it was latest running. And I also had a woman in a white book, bestseller. bestseller. And um, I'm going to adjust this. And I put it on a poster board. And I am not artistic. Like a school teacher had everything nice and neat. Mine was just cut out, put it on. <laughs> and I kept it in front of the treadmill. And as the years went by, I saw those things come to pass. So the Bible was right. Keep the vision in front of you because life will get you cloudy with all the things you can't do and all the things you didn't do. Well, let's get bigger. It's not the hows. And you get it bigger than you are. And you post it and you believe and you thank the Lord and you keep going. And it's so great to go back in the start of a new year to see what has come to pass and what has not. Wow. Love it. I love it. Thank you so much for that. How do um, we find your book? How do we purchase your book? Oh, it's on Amazon and I'm Beryl McCleary and it's the next chapter and um, it was fun doing it. Uh, I enjoyed it. It was just things that I had experienced or gone through in life. It was really for young women your age um, and older, not for older women. Older women, we kind of like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Trying to encourage you to um, not to let it go and keep up the struggle. At the same time, to be flexible. Because with all the things that I do, I would tell the young attorneys, um, I loved my babies. I loved those little children. Now, I wasn't the mo- most aggressive disciplinarian. They claim I wasn't the but I really was not. I would let them go and flip around in the main living room, build tents, tell people they couldn't come <laughs> and come over because I didn't want to disturb that. Right. And I would hold my babies and I would kiss my babies because I was so glad to have them, although I was exhausted. It's also a book to help women to accept where they are at whatever period of time you are. Right. I was 40 pounds heavier. No, I had no time. I couldn't even sleep. Let's not talk about diet. <laughs> was I and was I happy about it? No. When I married at thirty-five, I was a seven-eight, and I was, you know, into working out, etc. But to accept where you are, when you've got a bunch of children, your priorities on your household, yeah, where it should be, and then of course, if you work, and I worked the entire time, and I drove, I mean, I worked, and I took care of my own children. But to be gracious to yourself as women and just be gracious to yourself at moms and and it's okay if you're not perfect and it's and I remember having those insecure moments when the wives or girlfriends of some of those in the entertainment field were you know exotic and beautiful and I was I would hate to go to those parties and you would laugh. Girl I was just glad to get two shoes on that matched <laughs> and all this guy I was just like okay I'm out the door <laughs> <laughs> all right all right i'm out the door okay all right no problem um <laughs> everybody fair all right i'm gonna go see you uh, so it was a different phase of life and for us to rest in the different phases of your life it's okay and to enjoy those moments i never 
wish my children would grow up fast. At the same time, I never held them back. I knew that they would, at 18, they would leave me and I wanted to pour all that I had into them that they would be good and responsible citizens and love the Lord and um, at least be good to people and to work hard and have those values. Absolutely. But um, to enjoy those moments. I mean, you know, I remember getting them dressed for church. And by the time I finished with the last one, somebody had gone outside and gotten dirt. I just gave it up. <laughs> it was a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just <laughs> Y'all just won. <laughs> That's funny because that's the truth. One and took something off you already put on it. It's just, that's yeah. Right. And my sister says, you need to get dressed first. I said, let's put on my makeup. When somebody went outside, they got tired of waiting. They decided to go out there and play. They got dirty. The other one decided to pull. I mean, whatever it is. I'm like, oh, I'm just too, I'm too tired. I get it. But they're cute while they're here, you know. <laughs> oh, goodness. That's funny. I love your sense of humor. I love your persona. Everything about you, I just love. I'm just happy I was able to meet you and, and you know, cross paths with you. I feel like everything happens for a reason. And you pour so much into me, um, you know, in this conversation. And I just really appreciate that. I really, really do. I don't know. Ooh, I'm sorry. My little Yorkie is going crazy right now. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> I don't even know if she's barking at. I apologize. I apologize about that. <laughs> I mean, it's a dog. Oh, we had a dog too. I'm sorry. I had six kids and a dog. And a dog. Now that's another baby. So you had seven. Peaches was another story. She just died last year. But um, yeah, she was a miniature Pomeranian with lots of personality. So you're right. That was another baby. And yeah. um, a lot of work. So I do understand. And she barked at anything that moved. So that yeah. <laughs> She has my daughter scared sometime in here. Mom, Mimi's barking at something. Nothing's here. There's nothing there. Mimi's just barking. She's just barking. That's what they the do. Little dog bark. Little dog bark. Little dog yeah. bark. <laughs> Thinking oh she got God. a bite. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy this time with you. Was there anything else that you would like to share that you would like to just put out there? Anything in general? I don't um what just ask me something. Well, I'll ask you this, and this is get your sister. <laughs> bring her on with us. Just bring her on. Just bring her on. I understand. I get it. <laughs> so for the little um Mrs. McClary's out there that that want to achieve goals but don't have the um for it or don't have the motivation they need. What would you tell them? What inspiring words would you give them so they'll move forward? Move forward. Well, the first thing we have to do is look for confidence. Usually we are afraid, afraid of failure. That's what we're afraid of. We're afraid that we'll fail and everybody will know. So how do we get confidence? It is the conversation you're having between your ears. One of the things I did somewhere in my mid fifties and um, doing two, I don't know, 2008, nine, 10, when there was a crash of economy mm-hmm. and we had saved and we lost a ton of money, trusting others, just saving. And it was very difficult for my family. I mean, it was like, now you see it. Now you don't um, really want to get those investors that had your savings. And I had to make a decision as to what 
what's going to happen next. So I'm going to tell the young people. And I knew that my children were looking at me. Mm-hmm. And as mothers, we have to remember, we're also the book that our children will read. Absolutely. You're also the light if you're married as to the reaction of your spouse or the half. So what I did, I decided to start reading. I looked up, being a voracious reader, um, the youngest self-made millionaires in whatever year it was, 2010. I wanted to know how they did it because I saw there were still millionaires being made in the middle of this disaster. Then I went to their websites and I saw the books that they had listed. I started reading the books that they listed. I did. I spent every dime that I, you know, at that point that was available, Girl, please, I didn't care about no light bill. Dear, you got to take care of that. <laughs> I sat in there. That was during the days of CDs and books. All right, we didn't have MP3s then. Right. And I read everything. I mean, from Black entre- Enterprise, Entrepreneur. I wanted to know, how were they still making money in the middle of this mm-hmm. disaster? And they were. So what did I do? It's called Change in Mindset. Mm. I want to tell you that in two years, I had turned it around. I had TBS. My husband could not believe it. Um, Out of my own funds, I did work a lot. I did sleep a lot. I was determined. But it was changing mindset that it was no longer a problem. It was a challenge. And that I had answered, of course, with prayer. And for those who do pray, after we finish praying, there has to be action and there has to be knowledge. And so I got that from reading and learning what others had done. And that mindset, even though I wasn't around them physically, because you have to change who you're around. They always say, you are a, you will be like the five people you're around most. Well, I couldn't afford to be around these aunt these young entrepreneurs or these wealthy, but I could be around them with their teachings. And I absolutely had it repeated until it got on the inside of me, that life, it was not happening to me, but it was happening for me. And that, that answer is within me. And I held on to that. It is happening for me. What is it? And then I started to look and have creative ideas and, and, and examine. If they're doing this, what do I learn? Well, what was it? And I would just write those things down. Um, of course, it caused controversy because I wasn't just quoting the scriptures, but I changed my outlook and I changed my inside until my inside became larger than my outside, where I no longer saw uh, the circumstances. I was talking to a coach and I remember it was just a um, one of the freebies. And he says, what do you basically now he didn't say what do you have in your hand? What do you make money um from fastest? I said the area I don't care for, family law. He says, that's what you have to do. And I did. And I looked at how the big boys were advertising on television. I looked at the colors and I started to analyze these things, analyzing what the winners do because success leaves clues. Mm-hmm. It leaves clues. But at the same time, being me, I did a commercial. And and instead of wearing a blue suit or black suit, guess what I wore? Uh, But I wore a red dress. (laughs) (laughs) But I found out it was about advertising and marketing and um, learning from others. So we're talking about value add. Right. To them, you want to come around a better set of people. 
And you're going to change your language, but you can't change your language until you know what to say. So I no longer had a problem. I had a challenge. Mm. All right. I no longer had no money. I just, it wasn't a priority at this time. It's not a financial priority. So learning to change your language, learning to change your focus, which took a little reading until it, and of course, there's some great YouTube um, um, videos that can also, until it gets bigger on you on the inside. And then you, the Bible talks about being fully persuaded. And you'll know when your inside is fully persuaded that those things that were told to you shall come to pass. Mm -hmm. And ideals will come to you. Confident comes from knowledge and then become fully persuaded that life is not against me. And there's a scripture that says, what if God before you, who can be against you? But if you don't believe in God, what? The universe is for you. Mm -hmm. Things are happening for you. Let's find the good and rise up and meet the challenge. And it gets scary. And avoid the naysayers. Avoid the people who don't understand. I remember they didn't understand. Mm-hmm. And you'll have to keep your mouth shut and make a quick right. And I kept that information going. And even in challenges now, that's how I started to run more. Until I fell and got an injury. Mm-hmm. I would fill myself mm-hmm. with um, positive things and great things that I can see and understand right. um, and rememberings I would tell my children and I would tell the young person anybody can run down here but not everyone can run up the hill so whatever it takes to run uphill to get up that hill however you get up there success leaves clues it's one step at a time it's about to impart to them is knowledge, changing your language, and remember to be courageous. Mm. Courage. May not have it all at one time. And be around those who will give you courage. You don't want those to practice the problems. You know, after rehearsed, rehearsing the problems. No, no, no. We're going to look on the upside. And some people, even if you're looking on the upside, they're still going to find conversation for the outside. You've got to go because you have to protect your ears and you've got to protect your heart. Mm. Got to protect those things. Absolutely. You got to take action and move. So that's what I would tell you. Oh, be a good coach. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. It will pass. Knowledge gives you confidence. Knowledge gives you confidence. Confidence. I didn't know what it all was. It took me, I meandered, but I saw all these people that were still making money with no college educations. I'm like, well, how are they doing that? Because all my professional friends were suffering, especially those in mid management. They were making a lot of money and they were complaining. But I'm looking at this man that's crippled. He's a millionaire. Looking at this man who has a prison record and he's working the internet. And well, what did they do? I'm listening to these Caucasian guys making tons and tons of money. What are they doing? Not everybody's doing everything illegal or taking advantage. And females, take that time to learn and don't criticize. Takes a minute to to learn some. Find out what they're doing. Be around somebody who's smarter than you are. And it may not be physically, 
uh, with more knowledge. And that's what I did. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed this today. I really, really did. And I know, I know that some people got, um, you know, some some powerful words from you. I know they learned from it. Um, and make sure y'all share this video. Um, Mrs. McClary said a lot of great things that a lot of people need to hear that can definitely help someone out. So we appreciate you so, so much. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to come on here and chat with me today. And good luck in nationals. You got it. Thank you. Mrs. Um, is it just called Mrs. for the corporate America? Ms. Mrs. Um, Corporate America. And she had to be a business person, right? And, And you would laugh. I barely made the cutoff for age. Um, <laughs> but you made it though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, I can't wait another year. I'm, I'm be qualified. Oh, um, that's kind of interesting. That get it? That's that's pretty interesting. So, um, that's in um, 90 days. So they have Miss Corporate America, Mompreneur, and Mrs. Corporate um, Corporate America. But listen to this interesting fact. On top of having to have a business and civic um, items, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you had to be happily married. I said, oh, well, I qualify for this. <laughs> 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 so why do you think you should be Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Uh, Corporate America? I said, because I qualify for everything. I'm happily married. I've got children. I work. I've got two businesses. I understand the ups and the downs and they keep on pushing. Right. I- what you need. So anyway, anyway, hurry up because you know I'll, I'll, I'll be aged out. <laughs> well, you got that. You got this. Hands down. Harold said, "Good luck." Oh, <laughs> be aged out. So you, you definitely have to keep us abreast of you know how things are going with Nationals, how things are going with Miss Corporate America. Make sure you let us know. Let us know. Keep us in the know. I'll have to send you and Alan um, my walk and my. Yes. Little, 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 little. Y'all will laugh. So this is like, don't, don't, don't laugh too much. But tell them I did do phenomenal woman. Now y'all would love that. I did do phenomenal woman. I can't wait. So, I can't wait. Um, Harold said he really enjoyed the show. Thank you so much for tuning in, Harold. Thanks everybody for tuning in today. Lamique, hey, thank you for tuning in. Creighton, hey, thank you for tuning in. We appreciate you guys. And as we always say on Let's Sip and Talk with Freema, peace and love. Peace. Y'all have a great day. Thank you, Freema. Thank you so much.